It's no surprise that updating the electricity grid today will make for a better tomorrow. Increased self-sufficiency is just one of the benefits. The Great Grid upgrade will also boost the economy and create new green jobs. And best of all, you can continue doing the things you love, like watching the latest epic nature documentary or listening to this podcast while caring for the planet too. Find out more at nationalgrid.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So I've arrived on... uh well, close to the banks of the River Severn, but on a canal. And I'm meeting someone who I've worked with, but never met, worked with for many years on BBC Country Farm magazine. Never met, it's Simon Heptensel. Simon, hello. Hello, great to meet you. Very nice to meet you on a cold, cold morning. Yeah, there's January a chill morning. wind. And it's very, very grey, isn't it? It really is. It's sort of leaden, leaden. But and it suits the sight of where we are, really. Yeah, where are we in the, in the world? We're why, why, on have you, the, why have you brought me here? We're on the... Gloucester to Shutness Canal, right alongside the River Severn, about halfway between Bristol and Gloucester. And it's a site of an extraordinary relic. They call it an accidental museum. <laughs> okay, hello. Uh, yeah. Where we can see a lot of maritime history and uh, industrial architecture along the banks of the river. If we walk a little bit further, I'll show you. Just to set the scene, we we're beside. It's a very broad canal. I'm used to my little Monbrett canal, which you can always jump across. Well, this was when they when they opened this one. This was the widest canal in the world and the deepest canal in the world. Really? Oh my goodness. 1827, I think. 1827. It was like that sort of Almost craze for, years ago. Yeah, craze for building canals. So they built this thing to cut off the Arlingham Loop. It's called, which is a, a huge double bend in the Severn, which is notoriously difficult for tides and currents and things. So this is a shortcut for shipping. So this was a shortcut to Gloucester. And by 1900, there was a million tonnes a year coming up and down here, oil and coal from forested. 
million tons are coming up from, from coming up up and down. Up and down, right? Okay. I think they took oil to up near Gloucester. There was a big storage unit, and coal came down from the Forest of Dean via Gloucester. It's an amazing waterway. I, I just huge, have not it? explored it before. And I mean, there are canal boats here, but I'm so used to them sort of being snug against the back. There, it must be. 50 yards across or something. I think it's, yeah, uh, it's at least 100 feet across. Ah, OK, yeah, yeah. I like the ducks we'll do it just in looking there. asleep. It's so wide yeah. and so peaceful for them, they just... So, Simon, while we're walking down here, tell the listeners what you do and, and sort of what you're... how you've come to... I'm a West Country specialist, if you like. I write books and articles. This is almost as far north as I come, and then I'll oh, really? right down okay. to yeah. uh, the Sillies. Yeah. Slightly altitude sickness. Then, and yeah. I d- it's, yeah, it's just stories about the countryside, really. And, yeah. uh, and so this 16-mile this yeah. canal has no locks at all, just because it's down. just flat. And that's one of the important points about what we're going to see is that if there was one breach in this canal, the whole thing goes. The whole thing drains in yeah. one fell swoop. Because there's no way of, of shutting it off. It's kind of interesting. I've, the last time I was here for a podcast was um, a couple of years ago for the Seven Bore. And it was a very similar feeling. It's big skies, low lying land. And you drive out from the, sort of, from the M5 on quite lonely roads till you come to a village. And it's almost like a full stop. Yes, that's and it. The, it is a full stop. a good way to describe it. Yes, it's, it's an end of the world feel, isn't it? Because yeah. it, you come to the end of the line here. Yeah, it must be an interesting place to live because there's no through traffic. And then you've just well, got the you, river. Well, f- interestingly, this is a small village called Purton on the east bank. And on the west bank is another small village also called Purton. Oh, really? And there used Tale to be something Purtons. called the Purton Passage between them, which was a ferry which ran is for... Is this where we are now? Is this ...hundreds of years, yes, across. Oh, there is a sort of... Well, this is a slipway, really, I guess. Is this it where, could be. This could be where the ferry was. I don't know that, mate. Yeah, there's some interesting uh, duck life out on the... Because on, we're looking out onto the River Severn now. Do you recognise those? I think there's a widgeon, actually. That's a widgeon flying off there. This is high tide. Yeah. This is a high tide, because normally that will, we'd be looking at a great big sea of mud there. So we're sort of looking over across to... Well, we're looking over to cliffs on the far side. Uh, and the Forest of Dean Forest is over Dean, there, so... Is. It's almost a mile across at this point. But there was a time in the 17th, 18th centuries, evidently, where people forded the river here at low tide. Oh, my goodness. And it was a regular, you'd make a crossing here. It seems extraordinary now, doesn't it? It must be. It looks so muddy. And, and, you know, suck you down. Well, there were were evidently a series of tragic deaths when people didn't understand the tides and then they stopped fording it. Oh, I see. <laughs> and okay. uh, and you'll, you'll see up here, and you can see the tower, uh, the relics of where they built the Seven Railway Bridge across here. There was a railway bridge a here. fantastic bridge. It's a, look it up. It's, a, it's the most beautiful looking bridge. I didn't realise there was a railway bridge up here. Um, this was the first crossing before the before the roads, road bridges and the tunnel. The Seven Tunnel kind of put this bridge out of business a bit. Because I used to, used to commute to Bristol from Wales every day, and yes. a tunnel is a really depressing thing to... Oh, it is. Well, I did the opposite. I commuted from Bristol to Cardiff, and I worked for the Cardiff Evening Post, so I'd go through that tunnel, yes. It's a sad thing to have to do every morning. It is, it is. You, sort of, you miss this beautiful view. 
Right, the story the is. Okay. This not, is Curtain Hulks, it's called. Yeah. And one evening, uh, December the 23rd, 1909, the chief engineer of the canal was summoned to Purton. There'd been a landslip, a huge landslip, a very high tide, higher than this one even, had washed away 60 metres of the riverbank, exposing, you'll see, it's so close to the canal, it's only about a hundred oh, feet. Throw, literally a stone so, throw. So it had washed away, so it was in danger of breaching the canal, which, as I said, hasn't got any locks, so the whole canal would drain out. And take all the boats and this was the it. middle of the yeah. night, and, and Mr. A.J. Cullis had to think, what on earth can I do here? Oh, my goodness, it's like one He of had down at Sharpness Docks, they had five redundant barges, old timber barges, unpowered things, and he had the brainwave of, well, let's tow them up there and just dump them on the bank as a sort of makeshift barrier. And it seems it seems dark. And he now. did that that night. They, they did it. Well, I, right, they well. did it over the, the 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 few days. Yeah. And they the plan was you you drive them full pelt into the bank, make holes in them, and gradually they'll fill up with silt and mud as the tides come and go and form a barrier. And it worked. Amazingly, it worked. And then since then, they've topped it up with boats. So there are now almost 100 boats along here. That's incredible. On top of each other, grammed in, some have rotted away to almost nothing. They don't really even know how many there are. This is a prow of a boat, is it? Oh, yes, we'll see. Right, so right along here, we can walk okay. along this path and you see barges and schooners and just in various states of decay, really. It's a very strange sight, but rather compelling, isn't it? So we're on this little tiny... I don't, what do you call it? An isthmus, where you're sort of, or a yes, a, a, where you're stuck between the, the river. Yeah, because river. the canal is is on this side here, and yeah. it, where yeah. that, well, that's the old harbour master's house up there in the distance. That's where the canal meets the river. Okay. So we're on a little strip of land between river and canal. That's and, a strange uh, place to be. They call it. Some local people I've seen call it Telford's Wall because Thomas Telford was employed to oversee the building of the canal, and he built a stone wall all the way. Sometimes along I wonder if there were any projects he wasn't involved yes, in. Yes, exactly. So just to describe what we saw back there, this boat, it's almost like it's surged into the bank. It's an informal site, let's face it, isn't it? It's not well, like no, a, a sort of visitor centre or you can't even tell where you're supposed to walk. But Well, uh, I like that. I like that a lot because yeah. it feels like we're discovering it. And um, there was some signage back there, but there's not a lot to tell you. No, I think that might actually be a boat. That's a boat part. there. Because a, a lot oh, of them yeah. were the concrete barges from World War II that they used for various jobs in World War II, like D-Day and things. Yeah. And they hung around British dockyards after the war. People used them for various jobs, but in the end they didn't know quite what to do with them, so they brought a lot of those concrete barges concrete here. Concrete barges seems like a sort of oxymoron, but they float. <laughs> they, yes. <laughs> they were emergency things they made in the war. Oh, gosh. So here, we're getting close to one now. Just, it is amazing. It, it just looks well, like... Well, no, you see, oh. you're missing, you're missing. That, that's obviously ah. a very prominent one, yeah. but all along here, there are bits of boats. This is oh, all... Really? We're walking Everything on boats. Walking. Yeah, we're walking on boats ah, that, okay. that, are, that are filled with silt over the more than 100 years. I don't know what those ducks are. Just, I wish I brought my... Uh... Oh, they are widget, yeah. We're only a couple of miles from Slimbridge, so yeah. that it's it's full of bird life as well as boat life. Boat life, yeah, <laughs> boat watchers. 
So we're walking on boats. I mean, you couldn't, it's hard to tell unless you knew, but. They've done archeological surveys and lots of research here, just trying to work out what's here and why, because there's no real record. It's not a formal project. So this boat is called Britain Ferry. Is there, there is a little sign here, is that right? Uh, no, I th I, I'm not even sure that's this one. We might be standing on Britain Ferry. Oh, uh, so when was it? It was beached at 57. Wow. So we're walking past so this this is a, the this concrete is, barge. This is the concrete barge from World War II. Look oh, at really? that. I think that they're, they're being increasingly worried about the state of the boats and they do ask people not to clamber on them but I would think these concrete ones are pretty indestructible. It looks like it could still be put to sea. Yeah. I mean, it's covered in lichen, beautiful lichens. And, and lovely rusty iron work. Yeah, what a thing. I mean, it's, it's proper barge shaped and, and so this would have carried what supplies across to Normandy or? or I, I can remember even? images of the, the beachheads at Normandy where these things were off the shore yeah. whether they were supplies or troops or yeah they, oh, they were just emergency things that ended up doing an interesting job they were never designed for no shoring up the canal yes yeah, so, and this is a remarkable place it's just spooky it's sort of it is a bit of an eerie place yeah oh, you said you said it was a graveyard for a boat, for yes a boat it, graveyard. it's a, like an accidental museum they call it because it it's a whole period of different maritime vessels, the sort that aren't really celebrated. Yeah, yeah Lots yeah. of barges, lots of things called troughs, which would... Oh, seven, okay. Seven wooden barges, really, with a mast. Just, Simon, look at the, the nails coming out, because we're passing two wooden boats, or is it one, one or two wooden boats here? Certainly one. There's bits of boat sticking up out of the grass this everywhere. Clearly, a sort of, yeah, there's huge nails and huge sort of rivets and bolts. And it's very popular with photographers. I've been here with an art group as well, yeah. uh, drawing and painting because it's so yeah, it's very... inspiring to look at, isn't it? They don't. Uh, this is hardly like a boat. What we're looking at now, it's just like a, a interesting weathered piece of wood sticking up out of the grass. A skeleton. That's yeah, it. Exactly. It's a skeleton yeah. of these ships. And there's more ahead. So there are name tags here for each one, but... Yes, and, and if you go to the Friends of Purton website, they actually have a, uh, a profile of every boat that they've managed to trace, about, about 80 or 90. Yes. Uh, and it's a sort of poignant story, you know, how it worked in Bristol docks for 50 years and then it was transferred to Gloucester docks and then it ended up redundant, nobody wanted it, and so they just shoved it up here to keep the bank... Yeah, well, the bank is pretty solid, so it's worked. It, 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 that's the amazing thing, isn't it? That Mr. Cullis's idea on that sort of emergency night where he must have think the canal's doomed. Yeah, I, I'm going he, to be blamed for yeah, this. Yeah, he saved the canal and he started this project, which is still going on. So do they still beach boats these I'm, days? I'm not sure what the most recent one was. There was, there was an interesting one. Passing a an huge IRA... A boat that was being a schooner was being used for ferrying guns to the IRA and they really? pounded it and, and they didn't know what to do with it and they beached out here. Oh my goodness. They just passed a huge boat back there. I mean, just the sort of lateral timbers left and a bit of ironwork. But they've researched it and, they, and they've done some digs and they found boats under the other boats. Really? So, so when you think 100 boats, it's, it's a lot of boats. So we're, we're probably... Can see 
20 or 30 bits here. Yeah. But underneath them, there's a, at least another layer. So we've got a whole load of sort of, this whole bank is just boats. Boats that have formed a framework allowing the mud to, to sort of solidify and save the canal, which is just there. We can yeah. see just through the hedge there. It's a lonely place and uh... it's a strange sight, isn't it? it? Because it's normally in the countryside you decry some sort of dump of old industrial stuff, but actually it's created something rather wonderful here. Look at this metal. This is weird. I just thought this was. Oh, this is the cabin or something. This is yeah. This must be a cabin of a. I think it might be the, like the engine. The, the, oh yeah. Like okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. You put the coal in there. This is Edith. Built 1901. Beached 1962. Yeah. 61 years. Built in Chepstow. Doesn't say what uh, what she was, but she was 74.6 feet. Long. Oh, well, we're only seeing a little bit of her. Yeah. These look like fun. Don't they? Yeah. That's but you much. can see how it works. Yeah. She's full of mud. Yes. So she can't. So every time the tide comes up this far, it washes in mud. It solidifies the whole bank. It was a great idea. Well, inspired because he had very desperate. little time to yeah, do it. Yeah, desperate. Well, there's a boat up here that's been fenced. I wonder if that's particularly special. This, this is the Edith as well? I don't know. <laughs> Who <laughs> the knows? The main plates are just rusty. Yeah. So this Locked. is curious. This is almost sort of, feels like a medieval boat. It isn't, obviously, but it it's got the lovely... They look, they look very old, don't yeah. they? Because of the weathering, the lichen. And the wood. The, the, the wood, wood is beautiful, the way it's weathered. The tides here are 38 feet. It's uh, one of the biggest is, in the world, is it? It's, a, it's like a four-storey building, yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> the third biggest in the world, evidently. They used to think it was one of the biggest, but they found two bays in Arctic Canada. Which oh, really? Have a slightly bigger okay. range. But I'm disappointed for the River Seven to be <laughs> usurped like that. Fantastic. So we're heading towards the, the end of the Sharpness Canal and the, the big stone wall, Telford's Wall, they call it around here. That's Which the old harbour master's house, the white place on the end there. Oh, I'm intrigued. So this links to the River Severn and obviously out to the sea. Can you still travel from Gloucester out into the sea through the canal? Yes, and when I was researching this, it was very interesting that that white, the white building we're looking at, the old harbour master's house, is the headquarters of the Severn, I think it's called the Severn Rescue Association. Yeah. Which is after the RNLI, the biggest independent lifeboat organisation in Britain, it has 20 different boats all along the Severn. Really? Yes, I'd never heard oh of it before either. And that's, that's 200 star. And there's obviously a need to yes. rescue people from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, round here, the, the stories, particularly when they built the bridge, People, so many people killed when they built the railway bridge here. Yeah. Uh, because of the currents, of the eddies, the high tides, and then the, the way that Arlingham Loop, just beyond those cliffs, the complete circle, which is why they built the canal, yeah. which is why the bank was washed away, which is really the root of the whole story. 
this, the, this unsettled waters here. Right, this is a dangerous, dangerous place yes, to be. Yes, even when they were at the launch of the railway bridge, when they built this in uh, 1879, a rowing boat came to sort of admire it and got caught in an eddy under the, under the spans and sank and someone drowned. Oh my goodness. And then there was a whole sequence of accidents and it ended up with the major accident in 1960 where two petrol barges were coming underneath and collided in a difficult current, blew up the bridge. And you'll see here, ahead of us, that's the last stone pier. There were 22 of these. Off the old bridge? Off the oh, old bridge that went across. We just need more railway bridges across it. Because even today, it's, a, it's hard to cross the River Seven. You've got, either got to go down oh, to the bottom. Definitely. Or you've got to go up to some... Definitely, but the thought that they actually awesome. demolished it. The two of the piers were damaged by the barge collision, so yeah. they demolished it with explosives. <sighs> that seems such a waste. And you can see on the far bank, you can just see the sort of relics of... Yeah. There was a station there. Heartbreaking. So this whole area is... It's about industrial archaeology, isn't it, really? Yeah. The boats and the railway. Bit of a sense of loss. The canal. Yeah. Yes, just the, just the because now it's, there's no industry here. No, no, very, very quiet. This would have been bustling with people and with whatever, what do you call bargemen, teamsters? I yes. don't know, yeah, that they go up and down and be bellowing yeah. at each other. And Well, as I said, it was a million tonnes a year went up and down. They had oil tankers. 1937, two Navy submarines went all the way up the canal to Gloucester. It's incredible. It's so recent, and yet... Uh, and now it's, it's just a few pike fishermen, as we saw. Yeah, and a few pleasure boats, which yeah. and very few people actually go out to sea. It's an interesting one as well. I, I love the pictures of the, this old bridge. It looks like the, the fourth road bridge. Are wrought iron hoops, 22 of them, going across the river, but raised up 70 feet. An amazing feat of engineering to, to, to build those out in the river as well. Yes, it, but, it, it took a long time and a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Uh, Seems so this way. one here housed a little uh, steam boiler. And on top of it, the, the span that was on top of it swiveled to, to open like a swing bridge to allow the big ships that were going up and down the canal. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so you had to stop the trains for when the big ships wanted yeah. to go through. I'm following Simon through head high more than head high reed bed the path is getting narrower and narrower and harder to find <laughs> trust me trust me <laughs> he says trust me <laughs> oh my goodness yes, the architecture of this railway bridge lost and broken and ruined and as ruined as a Norman castle really exactly yeah uh, here it is lost in the marshes so what's, that's, that's the bridge over the canal, basically. Yeah, that's the start. That was the first span. So that, yeah. if you can imagine double that width, yeah. that was the swing bit that swung ah, around on that turret. There was a, a boiler in there to power it. Yeah. And then there was like a signal box on top, a wooden, I've seen pictures of it. So some chap sat there and then when required, he pulled levers and things and the whole bridge swung round and great big ships could go up this canal right next to us. Gosh, I bet he got through a lot of novels up there. A lot of big books. Or maybe he had to be vigilant all the time. Maybe, I don't know how busy he would have been. Yeah. But now what's left is sort of ivy-covered 
beautifully dressed stone. There's, oh. a, there's a sort of Lord of the Rings-ish yeah. feel to it, isn't it? Like some ancient civilization was lost here in the yeah. reeds. Numenorians. They built big things. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us little people are left behind to gawp at it. Yeah. Oh. Mud is getting deeper here. Maybe we'll go this way. Oh, mud is getting deeper. I've, cho I've chosen the wrong way. This is a this is a barge. Oh wow, okay. Just in the middle of right up against the tower. It's been driven into the into the into this um turret, which is one of the piers. This one's iron, isn't it? Not, yeah. I don't see any concrete. There we go, that's the sound of a of a seven barge. Took a bit of climbing to get up there. But what you can see is the curve of the canal, which is just yeah. here right next to us. It curves around behind the hedge and now there's some leisure boats where it used to be a hive of industry and then the, the big gates to open out onto the River Severn are beyond the White House there. And that White House is the harbour master? It was the harbour master for, for Sharpness docks, which were quite a big deal at the time. Sharpness docks are here then, is that right? Yeah, yeah there are some that are still used, just in behind these trees we can't see. Yeah. It's, it still does have some function. I think some grain is shifted up and down. Can we walk down the canal? Yes, oh, I think that's what amazing. we should yeah. do now and have a look. Exciting. Beautiful. I mean, this White House, the Harbour Master's house on a, on the promontory, on the, on, on a the jetty, jetty almost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Just, no, it, it is quite an interesting environment all around. I've walked around there. There's quite a lot of people with little houseboats there. They've turned it into a little community. Oh, there. like a liverboards. Yeah. Oh, wow. Gosh. So what it's got a sort of bohemian, as we said earlier, end of the line sort of feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah. Is there a cafe down there? <laughs> I think there is. Yes, we're climbing up onto the up onto the canal here. We clamber over a wall. But, uh, Telford's Wall, they call it. Telford's Wall. Yes, there's a lovely story about this bridge. Uh, you can see how high it is. Quite it's immensely high. And that, at the top of those piers is where the, the bridge was. And, it, and that had a superstructure of hoops of wrought iron bolted together. And now there were lots of accidents with boats crashing into the 22 piers went across the river. But during the war, they used to transport Spitfires from where they were being made in South Wales across the river to... The, to England to be used, presumably, yeah. Battle of Britain. And they used as a sort of mark of bravado. They'd sail, they'd fly under the bridge. <laughs> and you can see how yeah. much clearance there was. It's yeah. not that not easy. Not a lot. And there's some famous stories about people misjudging it because the tide rises and falls so much. It was easy at low tide. So you just a wasted a brand, tide. New, a, a brand new pilot and a brand no, new... Nobody uh, crashed, but there were some court-martials. Oh, right. Oh, OK. And, and even, even at one point, a Wellington bomber went underneath the bridge between the piers. So we're, still, we're still in the canal. We've still got Telford stone wall between us and the river. And there's still a narrow gap. Yes. This is all the precarious end of Sharpness Canal where the tides could wash the bank away at any stage. So we're making our way to the end of the jetty and the, sort of, the bank is much narrower here. And it's, and a, it's just a good view. You can see there in the, in the river there are some hulks. Oh yes, yes. There yes. Was the, the tide's I've, really gone down actually since we were by there. Rapidly, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. 
I think the hulks of the, the two barges, they were petrol barges that collided under the railway bridge and blew up yes. 1960. Their hulks are still visible, they, I've been told. And, that, and you can see how unstable the banks are. They're yeah. just sort of washed away. There's there recently. Really eaten away, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, you'd be quite concerned if you had your... <laughs> That, if that eats away right towards the wall. Yes, sure exactly. Well, it, it, was, it was on the night of the 23rd of December that 60 metre stretch had, and hedge and everything had all gone Yeah. Uh, when Mr Cullis was summoned to the village. Mr Cullis's difficult Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I, lo I just love the image of it, him, yeah, him rushing yeah. down and, and, and thinking, Scratching right, his what head. are we going to do? Yeah. What have I got? And this, as far as I know, is the rescue centre up here. Okay. This organisation I'd never even heard of. This is a rather special spot. We're, we're sticking out on the jetty into the Severn, really, right into the yeah. tidal flow. What it's tidal all the way up to Gloucester, uh, normally, sometimes on the special tide as far as Tewkesbury. But what's interesting here is the different levels. It is amazing. Oh, there's this hooting of the train, I think, far away. Yes, I see a train coming along there. Oh, yes. Goods train. Is it? Or is it yeah, it's quite big. Good to see, actually. Yeah. It's good to see that still being used. Well, there's a train, and they're passing oh, the train I the other see. side, so right. they're sort of... Hopefully, it's, it's a double line. <laughs> <laughs> this is an amazing place to be, because we are... I mean, there's seaweed on the shore here, which yeah. is also interesting. But um, yeah. we've got... Little widgeon down on the water, a couple of little widgeon. And, uh, Interesting how the bank has been exposed. Just in the short time we be, we've walked from there to here, yeah. that entire bank has been exposed as the tide has gone out. And now there's birds, waders, and well, yeah, lots of waders out there. I wish I had my binoculars because there's a lot of a lot of life out along there. Along this stretch, as it's also a triple SI. Um, Ge for geology as well, which uh, are, like I, fossils. Yes, yeah, fossils. Oh, really? okay. So among the, among the mud, there's some ancient rocks, so we can see some rocks right in front yes, of us yeah. here. And evidently, it's full of fossils of fish and uh, gosh, seeds and plants. I'm not sure I'd want to wade out into that mud. Not today. For fossils. Not today. We're looking across to the the forest, the hills of the forest of Dean over there, yeah, which is. Where the coal trip. came from would to sort of make all this important. So that's why the canal was built, that's why the railway bridge was built, that's why it was important to preserve the canal and have the hulks there, all because of the coal from the Forest of Dean, which now isn't mined at all. And here we're just at the Harbour Master's house. Sticking and you can see right down, look. Oh, to the Seven Bridges, the road bridges yes. further south. So we're, we're, River Severn is actually to the bridge. Yeah. From the bridge to Cardiff is Severn Estuary, and beyond that is Bristol Channel. That's the official thing. I, I ah, okay. Know. No, I think I've always got those mixed uh, up. So yes, I, always, I just primate. sort of call it the Severn generally yeah. and hope that I'll get away with it. <laughs> well, the Severn pedants yeah. are going to be very happy with you. I mean, people don't live here. This is a, this is a rescue Yeah, you'll see. Centre. You'll see the, the vehicles here. Oh, yeah. Water rescue it's team. the biggest independent rescue service in Britain. I've never heard of it. It doesn't receive any funding from the RNLI. It's just its own thing, SARA. SARA, Lifeboat Search and Rescue. They've got 20 vehicles, 20 boats and 200 staff, is what I heard. 
So what happens here? So this is a lock gate as well, then? This is, this is the way from the canal into the river. Although there's no locks as such on the canal because it's all one level on the floodplain. Yeah. To actually enter the river, you need these huge gates that we're standing right next to now. Oh, this is impressive. Wow. And so what happens? Does they have to well, drop? Well, it's a tidal. It's a tidal drop, isn't it? The tide here is 38 feet, which is the height of a four-storey building. So it would, it would easily get to there, wouldn't it? So, so you wait so for high tide before you're allowed out. You ha I think there's a window of a couple of hours where you can use it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're outside the, um, the rescue station. We've just been looking at the river. A mile, as you said, a mile of... Brown water moving rapidly. Yeah. Uh, quite a Im imposing sight, actually. Yeah. And then above us here, you were just pointing out this slowly moving. It's rather beautiful, isn't it? Wind, wind, turb yeah. wind turbine. Yeah. So we're back at the beginning, Simon. We've walked back along the canal. That was lovely. Very serene, actually, compared to the wild river. And the tide here now has has gone dramatically down, hasn't it? Since yeah. we were here. At the start, we can still see these hulks poking out yeah, from the riverbank. Shapes in the, in and the, then we can the see some that look like they're actually out in the river themselves. What an evocative, weird place this is. Um, Simon, thank you so much. This has been a brilliant. Well, it's opened my eyes up to this <laughs> part of the Severn Valley here. It's a very interesting site, isn't it? What a curious place. Yeah. Absolutely urge you. If you're ever in this part of the world, come and have a look at this. What are you calling it? Purton Graveyard. Purton Hulks is Perton what, Hulks. what they call it, but it's a, it's a ship graveyard. Yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's like a museum along the riverbank. You just wander freely. Fabulous. Thank you so much. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. And that was truly an extraordinary place to go. This weird boat graveyard along the River Severn, but between the Severn and this incredibly deep and wide canal. And... I mean, if you get a chance to visit there, it's eerie, it's beautiful, full of wildlife and full of incredible views. The views across the river to distant trains and hills and forests, it's, it's magical. But also the story that Simon Heptonstall told was just a fantastic one of, of how basically one man's ingenuity saved the whole canal system there. And I'm very grateful to Simon for spending a day with me and showing me this wonderful part of the world. So it's the it's the 
Gloucester Sharpness Canal. And I, in fact, I've returned there since to make another podcast, this time with the emphasis on fishing with pike fisherman Will Millard. And that's a really, really exciting episode to look out for. I hope you enjoyed this adventure. And if you have, please leave some positive feedback and likes and all the nice things on whichever podcast provider you use. It's a huge help to us, gives us a big boost and gets us out to more listeners. And of course, you can contact me and the podcast team. Our email address is editor at countryfile.com. And the very best emails, uh, particularly if you've recorded some sounds of your own of the British countryside, they'll be played later on the show in one of our plod chat episodes. But for now to say a final thank you to Simon and thank you all for listening and join me again next week for another podcast adventure. But for now, it's goodbye.